This message comes from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with rock solid hope in Rim Country. February 28, 2021. Genesis 28, 10 to 17. In the early 1840s, a family set out on a sailing vessel to America. They made their way from their homeland in Germany. Their destination was far across the ocean, but they made their way to New York. But their journey wasn't finished yet. They still had to head up the Hudson River. And from there, they headed west across the Erie Canal for hundreds of miles. They made a stop at Rochester, New York, and there they purchased a flute. They included a note with that flute which read, Making music with this flute has brought us great joy after we face such great loss on our journey. You see, ten of them had set out together from their homeland. Three remained. Seven out of the ten had died on the voyage over. Traveling today is perhaps not as dangerous as it used to be. But there are certainly still many dangers. People will die from car accidents, plane crashes, and on top of the traveling dangers, we still face dangers of illness, pain of loss, dangers of war. Don't you wish that there was some way that we could obtain safe passage through life and not have to live in fear of all the things that can beset us? No one, it seems, can be guaranteed such a safe passage. Or can they? That's what we see this morning as we look at a man named Jacob. We turn to Genesis 28 and there we see him being told by God as he's about to embark on his journey that he's guaranteed a safe passage. And as we this morning take a look at his journey, we see how our God takes our place and in grace reverses our place so that we go from possessing nothing to possessing everything. Jacob wanted everything in life. He'd been given much. His father Isaac and grandfather Abraham had amassed a lot of wealth. Though their families lived as nomads, Abraham came to acquire great wealth and flocks and secured places where he could put his flocks and all his wealth in the land. And his father Isaac, though a stranger in the land, himself had wealth and secured and dug many wells and places where he was allowed to inhabit. And Jacob was of this family. Jacob, at one point though, though he was the younger of his twin brother, decided he would, by cunning, get his twin brother to succeed to him the, the birthright and conceded that Jacob would have the birthright instead of his brother Esau, the older brother. And later on, when Jacob feared that his brother wouldn't follow through on this bargain, deceived his father so that he could still get that birthright. And then Jacob, even after deceiving his father and bargaining with his brother, securing everything for himself as the inheritance of his father, still received even more as God told his father Isaac to give Jacob the blessing 
a blessing that Jacob would be numerous, that his descendants would possess the land they lived in, and that all nations on earth would be blessed through him. Jacob had everything. Only Jacob wasn't able to hold on to everything for very long. It became known to him that there was a plot by his brother Esau, who out of jealousy wanted to murder him after the death of his father. So, at the counsel of his father and mother, Jacob fled. He left behind his mother and father, his family. He left behind the land which he was supposed to inherit as a possession. He left behind the inheritance that would have been left to him from his father as part of his family and his birthright. Jacob left it all behind and he fled. Jacob traveled from that land, that southern portion of the land of Canaan, up north about 70 miles. And he laid down his 70-year-old head to sleep. It seemed like the man who had survived so long by his wit and cunning was at wit's end. He was fleeing. He had no possessions. He had no family, no inheritance, no land. And he was going to a place that he had never seen or been, to a faraway land. And the only thing Jacob had was the rock that he found in that place to put under his head for a pillow that night. It seemed like Jacob possessed now nothing. Now you and I might not try to get by like Jacob and maybe haven't by cunning or deceit. And maybe like Jacob later on, we work for what we have and we labor and we toil for it to get what we desire. Or maybe some people like Jacob consider themselves fortunate or on the side of luck as they acquire wealth and things. But aren't we like Jacob in that we strive to achieve for ourselves the things that we want and desire in this world. And our end goal in life is to journey through life and to make it to that goal of having the comforts and security that we want in life. Or maybe like Jacob, we've come to acquire things that we might fear losing, such as our health. Isn't it gut-wrenching? when you realize there's some major health issue that you must face? And isn't it hard when, like Jacob, we find ourselves fearful that we might end up alone and with nothing? That's where Jacob found himself. But really, didn't Jacob deserve this? Jacob, who had worked by his own means to secure for himself everything, ironically found himself with nothing. But didn't Jacob deserve to have nothing? Jacob, who deceived his brother and worked and fought to get what he wanted from him, and Jacob, who deceived his father, shouldn't God have turned to Jacob and seen the the Jacob who was not like, apparently like his father or grandfather? Abraham, we see, prayed to the Lord. Abraham acknowledged the Lord, followed the Lord. His Abraham's son, Isaac, prayed to the Lord. But Jacob, there's no record of Jacob in the 70 years we have to this point of any acknowledgement of the Lord, no record of Jacob making request or thanksgiving to God, only Jacob trying to get by by his own cunning. Shouldn't Jacob, who received the promises from God through his father, shouldn't he have been told by God 
All right, Jacob, you want to get by without me? Then I will leave you. I will not be with you. And I will not give you what was promised to Abraham and Isaac. Didn't Jacob deserve death and even worse? Now you and I aren't as perhaps deceiving as Jacob. But can we claim to deserve anything more than what he had? When we see Scripture tells us our lot. Jacob, who turned against his father by deception, should have been cast aside from God as a liar and someone who battles with his brother. But what about us? What, what do we deserve from our God? When it comes to what we deserve from him, we're not guaranteed a safe passage through life. What well, we see that every human being deserves, and the only thing that's really guaranteed is a safe passage to the grave, because that's what we deserve for the times that we turned against our God and put our own means forward and forgot the promises of God. Because life, like Jacob, yes, we too have been given great promises and possessions from God. And like Jacob, we have not acted as we ought in response. And what we deserve is the same as every human being that passage and guarantee that we will make it to death. We brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out of it. We can be sure that where we will end up, our final destination, no matter how many things we try to secure for ourselves, will be even far worse than what we saw Jacob as. And if we're lucky, we'll have a stone over our head as our bodies turn back to the dust and we face what we justly deserve from our God. But for Jacob and for us, we see it does not depend on our cunning, nor does it depend on our fortune or good luck where our destination lies. But rather, our safe passage is guaranteed as our God in grace reverses our place and he takes us from possessing nothing to possessing everything. Jacob, as he lay down that night, had a dream in which he saw heaven opened and he saw a stairway reaching up towards heaven and the angels of God were going up and down on the stairway. And there was the Lord at the top and he spoke to Jacob and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham and Isaac. And now the Lord was about to make clear to Jacob and I am also your God, Jacob. The Lord told Jacob that threefold promise, which Jacob heard through his father, that Jacob, one, would have many descendants, as numerous as the stars and as the dust of the earth. And that too, Jacob's descendants would inherit that land, the land of Canaan. And three, that all people on earth would be blessed through Jacob's offspring. And then to assure Jacob that the Lord would give him safe and guaranteed passage as Jacob was about to leave from the place where he was into a place he had never known, the Lord said, I will be with you wherever you go. I will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back safely 
to this land, your homeland. And Jacob, I will not leave you until I've done for you what I've promised. A safe passage, guaranteed. This is what our God has done for us. Just as surely as he told Jacob, I am with you wherever you go, Jesus assures us, I am with you. Jesus, the Son of God, came to this world. Jesus, who says, I am the way, I am the gate, also says in John chapter 1, I am the stairway to heaven. See, some people struggle with what this vision that Jacob had of the stairway meant. They try to explain it with things by saying, well, maybe the the angels coming down from heaven were the ones taking a new shift as Jacob entered into a new territory. And the ones that had been watching over Jacob in his homeland were now finished with their shift and going back up to heaven. Foolish speculation. It's clear what this vision meant for Jacob, that heaven was still watching down on him, that the Lord still opened a channel between himself and his heavenly throne and the man Jacob on earth. That Jacob was not leaving the jurisdiction or the care of God, but God was still watching over his own. And that God would still continue to carry out his promise, send his angels and watch over his own. That there was a connection between the Lord of all and that man sleeping with his head on a rock, all alone and possessing nothing. And that he held the promises of his God no matter what happened. This was Jacob's promise, and it's our promise. The same God who said to Jacob, I am with you, tells us, the living Jesus says, I am with you always. And the same God who told Jacob, I will watch over you wherever you go, has told us that he cares for us. He's not disinterested, but looking down from heaven, sends his angels to watch over us and cares about us. And the same God who said to Jacob, I will bring you back to the land I promised, is the one who said in the person of Jesus, I am going, but when I come back, I will take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am, in the place that I have prepared and promised for you. And just as God surely said to Jacob, I will not leave you until I've done what is promised, Our God has told us, the Lord has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. What we have in our God is possessing everything in Jesus. You know, my my parents live along the shore of Lake Michigan. And there have been a lot of shipwrecks that have happened along that shore. In fact, even just a few miles from their house, There are three tragic shipwrecks that happened between 1830 and 1860. In fact, uh, I was able to see one of those shipwrecks. It's about a mile from their house under the water. And you can see the, the shape of the hull of a sailing vessel that still remains. People were in danger. Lives were lost as those ships sank. At one point, they were visiting with a neighbor nearby who also lived along the shore. And they saw on the the wall of that neighbor's house a picture of a ship, a ship that was aflame. And the neighbor explained that that was the phoenix 
a boat, which I guess I suppose it was around the year 1860, was traveling along the shore nearby and sank. And on that boat, there was a couple. As the boat was nearing final sinking and the boat was on fire, the last of the lifeboats was leaving the vessel and the last of the rescue ships. And there was a couple there that took their baby and threw it and tossed it to the lifeboat. And that rescue boat was able to bring that baby safely from the burning ship and those that were left to die safely to the shore. That rescue boat, that lifeboat, was the, the link, the one link, saving link between those who were doomed and destined to die on that burning fire and that cold grave in the water and those who would stand safely on shore. The lady that was telling them this explained that that baby that was tossed was her great-great-grandmother. That's what Jesus does for us. He is that one link, that stairway between a dying world and people who are destined to perish and face the grave and standing safely on that shore, on that goal with our God. He is the way. He is the stairway. He is our rescue. And so that we might be spared from a fiery, horrible, dark death, Jesus came to this world. And he possessed nothing as he set aside all of his divine glory. And the journey that he took upon himself was to walk, having nothing but the cloak on his back. And he journeyed to face the darkness for us and that we might be rescued. Jesus, the lowly man, the Son of God, became the link between the throne of heaven and the people of this world as he offered up himself on the cross. And Jesus was laid into the tomb. His head was placed on that cold, hard rock as he finished his work. And our passage is now guaranteed to our destination, to be in glory with Christ, who came alive again and assured us that he will bring us to be with him. And we know that we have a guaranteed safe passage to our desired destination to be with our God and to be with him in the new creation forever in eternity so that no matter what comes our way, we know our journey is secure. Our God has promised and the living Jesus speaks from heaven and tells us, I will take you to be with me. We know where we're headed and our journey is secure. It's a guaranteed safe passage through Jesus. And it's guaranteed to us by his grace, his undeserved love, who will take us from the dust and our heads resting under our tombstones or on the hard rock and will bring us new life. And that is a gift of God through all who trust in Jesus. That family that traveled to Rochester, New York, then continued to make their journey. They traveled across the Great Lakes and made their way to what was their destination, the place which was known at that time as the Territory of Wisconsin. And they made it to the shore, possessing not much, having lost very much. But that family possessed more than that flute they possessed the knowledge of the Lord their God, 
who had given great promises. And they passed on that treasure of the sure hope that they had in Jesus from generation to generation. So that, that promise was still held on to by their great, great, great grandchildren, including one who went from Wisconsin to the area in Arizona called Payson with his family of nine, which later became 10. And he, along with all who gather here at Rock of Ages Lutheran Church and all of God's church, know that whatever comes, whatever loss or fear may be in their way, the Lord has promised he will never leave you, never forsake you. He will be with you. He will watch over you and he will bring you to the land he has promised. And we join in that confidence together with all God's church, knowing that our God in grace reverses our place. And in Jesus, we go from possessing nothing to possessing everything. Amen. <laughs>